Episode 3 of the Cult Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Roman, I'm your host. And yeah, we just got back from a small vacation in Scotland. Uh, we got inspired by the beautiful landscape and uh, the rainy and sunny days and all the hikes we did. And yeah, now we're back freshly with a new episode of this podcast. Um, the first I want to say two things. And one is... Um, This podcast is not yet on iTunes. Uh, it got submi submitted there, but um, apparently they're having a, a, a many submissions right now for podcasts and it takes up to four to five weeks to get approved. So bear with me there. And in the meantime, check it out on SoundCloud and Spotify and uh, Google Podcasts, whatever you prefer uh, to listen to this podcast. And I will let you know when it's up on uh, iTunes and ready to be downloaded. So um, my guest today is a photographer named Kate Opperman. She's based in New York and she's shooting a lot of very colorful and well-composed work with a with very good energy and yeah actually we recorded this episode two times because the first time uh, the technical aspects of this podcast failed on us so we had uh, experienced a rare bug in the software i was using and um, she actually sounded like mickey mouse in the first recording which is apparently And not easy to listen to, but yeah, we switched the system to a great tool called Ringer, and yeah, it sounds so much better than recording off Skype. So um, yeah, actually, the second time we talked, it was even more nice, uh, I must say. But uh, yeah, listen for yourself. Um, before we start, just a quick word from our sponsor. Our sponsor is Pickdrop. Pickdrop is a image transfer tool for professionals and if you're a dear listener of this podcast you you will get three months for free by signing up uh, in the link below that i noted in the show notes and yeah have fun with this episode and the talk with kate cool we've had a trial run yeah yeah we had uh, a trial run Yeah, just yeah, round uh, two. Exactly, just for an ex just as an explanation, we did this recording before and uh, techniques failed. So this is <laughs> round number two, as you said. And Kate, where do I catch you right now? Uh, at my studio once again. Yeah, once again. <laughs> like, but this yes. time it's it, this time is afternoon, right? Uh, it's still it's still barely morning. Or you caught me at about almost noon. Oh really? On yeah, a Friday. Yeah, so, so, so you had a lot, lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that's like the the constant of our of our two calls is a is a lot of that because I just like otherwise it would be you know at this time hopefully it'll be even more coherent. Um, not that it wasn't last time, but um, but yeah, same same amount of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your studio. Uh, yeah, so I, I've actually only been in this studio for about um, four months or something like that. I, I previously had a studio in Greenpoint, but it just got to be too far away. Actually, the studio that I'm in now is only a couple blocks away from where I went to college, uh, to university. Um, it's right by the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and it's really nice, actually. Now, it, it takes me... You know, it's like a half hour walk or a 10 minute bike ride, but it's so nice to be back in, in the neighborhood where I went to school. 
So what's the view from your windows? The view from my window is actually there's a place called Steiner Studios, which is like what I've heard is that it's it's like trying to sort of rival uh, Hollywood. You know how like a lot of a lot of movies used to be made here in New York. They were made in Queens and TV shows and things. And then all the studios, you know, basically that whole industry moved to Hollywood, to L.A., And they're trying to bring it back. There's this place called Steiner Studios where a lot of stuff is uh, shot. And actually, in the in the Navy Yard, uh, every now and then you can find something really bizarre. If you if you walk through it, you can find something really bizarre, like you know, that's being used for a movie set. Like one time, I was uh, going through the Navy Yard, and it was a, a gigantic plane. <laughs> I'm really curious about what that was used for, but. It's cool. Probably it's, Transformers kind of, 10 or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I could have found out because I was really curious about it. But um, yeah, this whole area is kind of being um, built up again. My grandfather, actually, when he was in the Navy in like the fifth, you know, early fifties, I guess it must have been. He he came through the Navy Yard when it was like strictly sort of like a Navy Yard, and now there are all these studios and um, like you know, artist studios and there's this movie studio. And so it's kind of going through this uh, revamping and repurposing at the moment. Nice. So you, so you didn't get into the Navy, you became a photographer instead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're back for different, <laughs> here for different reasons. Okay. Okay. I see. Um, so you went, uh, went on a lot of travels lately, right? You told me yeah. first, first ever, first ever um, time off from work yeah. without a first camera. Ever First ever vacation where the sole purpose of the trip was just to chill, which is literally the first time I've ever, ever, ever done that. Um, just like to, uh, 10 days, um, went to Greece for 10 days to do nothing, absolutely nothing at all, except appreciate not, you know, appreciate not doing anything. Um, and that was the, the I did that last month and it was the, The most amazing thing I'm never going back to like vacations with an intention of like, I'll take, oh, I'll take a bunch of pictures or let people know, uh, let photo editors or clients know that I'll be traveling. Like it was a full on just vacation, which then, you know, I was gone for 10 days and then I came back for a half day, uh, flew back from Greece to New York for a half day. And then I went to Switzerland and Germany for a week for work, really fun work uh and then Can you tell what it was back, yeah sure uh so i went to switzerland and germany for um rafa which jake um uh, jake spoke about how amazing rafa is on your on your first episode um it was the most fun i've ever had shooting um jake's right the everyone who you know is involved with rafa is just completely amazing and you know, it doesn't feel like work it's you know i You know, they don't feel like a client. They feel like friends. It's he's absolutely right in saying that. Um, and I totally. So was agree. it a lot of creative freedom? How how did it? Yeah, how did it look? Absolutely. How, how big was your team? Did you have a team, or only you and your assistant? Or it was, um, you know, it was it was a rare opportunity where, uh, you know, I was just sort of given the freedom to shoot whatever I thought looked cool with, you know, with the sort of. Um, you know, with in mind that like, these are, these are the products, you know, that we're trying to sell. But at the same time, like it was just, um, it was absolutely like 
a collaborative effort that didn't feel like, you know, checking items off of a list. It was just, we, it was amazing. We, we were in Switzerland for, I think four days, um, just, uh, also completely breathtaking views, you know, uh, going, riding through the Swiss Alps, all these uh, incredible mountain passes and stopping at, um, at tiny little, uh, lodges and things to get a coffee and it was just it would it just felt like vacation to be honest with you except i was also getting to take pictures so it, that's that's not stressful at all for you that's that sounds like really fun was there was there any oh, uh, any given <laughs> no um <laughs> was there was there a big given concept or were it just like okay go out there and just uh just see what you find and shoot what you find and what was it like? i mean it was basically just kind of uh, following, not following, but sort of like riding alongside these uh, cyclists through uh, beautiful landscapes. I mean, that was really kind of the concept. Aside from you know these um, the these you know what the what the cyclists are are wearing, and you know sort of my goal in that was try to find a way that you know to. Sh accentuate like the colors in this epic landscape and it was there's a lot of color um that's um which was which was so for me in particular really fun because uh that's sort of what i get excited about is colors so um basically yeah it was just like four days of you know getting up at like 4 30 5 in the morning and um getting out before the this sun came up riding uh the cyclists were riding uh, and then, you know, I'd be in the back of, uh, mostly, most of the time in the back of, um, a van with the, like the trunk up, uh, with, or, you know, out shooting out the side of the van. So just cycling in, you know, until, uh, like 10 AM or something like that, having a little lunch, resting a while, and then going back out for the evening for basically the, the, um, the, the, the final hours of sunlight in the afternoon, evening. Um, so it just, it really could not have been more pleasant just because of the setting, the people, the subject. So it was so colorful and so much fun to shoot. And then, um, so we did that for, for a few days and then there was a separate shoot that we went on to go do in, uh, Berlin. That was more of a commuter series rather than like, you know, people who are into cycling through the mountains, like, you know, um, at a sort of high elevated level of cycling to people who are uh you know cycling to work so that was a it was a it was a different type of um shoot but same crew it was just absolutely amazing it, I, there wasn't really there wasn't a single moment that felt like work it was just fun and that that's that's uh that doesn't happen all the time but uh, yeah. i'm very very grateful that it did this time we were we were talking a lot about the last time we spoke. We talked a lot about um, taking time off and uh, putting the camera away. When you're back at at your studio or at home, how do you how do you take time off, or how do you cope with the with the ups and downs and the stressful huh. parts of the job? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I I don't. I actually don't shoot very much in New York. Um, that's kind of a it that's kind of just happened naturally and all, it's also kind of a choice um for one thing i don't really take pictures in new york I, I i really take pictures when i'm excited by something new um or you know something that compels me to pick up the camera and i've just been in new york for so long and there's such a canon of new york photography that i'm uh i'm not really interested in adding to 
But so if I'm here, it what that is something that is kind of nice is I I um if I'm here, I'm at my studio working or I'm relaxing. Usually photography usually my job in photography takes me away from New York. So I do have this kind of nice physical separation between like work in terms of like holding a camera and work in being at my studio. And I actually really love that separation. I mean, sometimes I do shoot in New York, but most of the time work takes me away from the city. So I, I do kind of like that um, physical separation in terms of like that, the setting actually sort of being like, I'm in New York. I don't have a camera in my hand, but when I leave, that's sort of when I do uh, that, you know, actual shooting work. But aside from that, um, I really like to try to keep a pretty regular schedule in terms of going to my studio. Uh, I, if Even if I don't have a lot to do, I like sort of getting into that practice of uh, going to my studio and sort of treating it as a, a, you know, a job like anybody else has, you know, who goes, goes to work every day. Um, but if I am home, especially if I've been working a lot, you know, or have been gone a lot, like last month when I was gone for five weeks, when I get home, aside from the fact that I do go to my studio, I have taken relaxing to a level that I did not previously. Uh, I don't, I try not to overexert myself aside from like staying healthy and going to the gym. Like I don't like to run around when I'm home. I like to sort of like treat being home as just taking it easy because I know that the second I leave, you know, it's, you know, 16 hour days and not a lot of sleep and running around. So when I'm home, I take, I take, sort of self-care very, very seriously. Mm, mm. So is it, do you have some, some rituals besides uh, listening to podcasts while editing? Is there something you, yeah. you do? Uh, that's, well, that's interesting. Um, th that is a big, it's interesting that you brought that up though, because that is a, a big thing for me. I, I, it's a big part of my day to, to listen to podcasts and, 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 and stay focused on working that is like how I stay focused otherwise I'll, I'll check my email and look at my phone um, but that's also it just helps me feel kind of productive even if I'm even if I don't have a lot to do I really like the idea of like always uh, learning so I always have something in my ear or you know just like sort of expanding on th even if it's not having to do with photography I really like to learn different things and I do that through podcasts but I think uh The thing, the thing that I think ha has really emerged as something that's very, very important to me in the last couple of years is uh, just sort of taking health, taking my health very seriously, you know, um, because what I have found is that when, when I'm away from home and a lot of, I've talked to a lot of other photographers about this, but, you know, when you're. Uh, maybe on the road by yourself for an editorial job or you're, you know, gone for however many days for a commercial job. It is really hard to stay healthy and to get enough sleep and to stay, you know, uh, s s healthy in your in your mind. Um, so when I'm home, I try to take pretty seriously um, going to the gym and and eating healthy uh, because that is something that You knowing how how taxing mentally and physically and sometimes emotionally work can be, uh, 
if I'm if I'm home and you know try I try to take this on the on this mentality on the road too. I just want to try to keep myself as healthy and as even keeled as possible because it can get it can feel like too much sometimes if I'm not taking care of myself properly. And that's something that I really have thought a lot more about in recent years. Do you have like special eating uh, eating habits, like being vegetarian or uh, I, stuff like that? Well, that would be nice. <laughs> I can't. That's never going to happen. Um, yeah. No, nothing like that. But I do. Um, I do try. I do play in a more sort of like attentive, um, an active role in in like how I eat, but but more so just like just being active and going to the gym so that you know also just for just so that I'm not tired all the time like I used to find that I'd get back from um you know a trip somewhere or working at a job and I would just be exhausted for like a week and I could not like recover from that and I found that if I if I get back into a sort of a healthy routine then I just I feel like I it's almost it's like it's like you know athletes are sort of The same way I often compare photography or being a photographer to to like being an athlete in some ways because of so nice. because of yeah <laughs> so it's, nice. it's so funny though because it's like I you know I grew up playing sports and I and I and I also I photograph a lot of athletes and so I kind of think about a lot of things in terms of how they relate to sport because that's something that I know how to talk about and I know how to re uh, relate things to and I and I really you know I before I I was traveling so much and before I was doing these really, really long hours on commercial jobs in particular, um, I didn't really think of, you know, like how, how long it would take me to recover or even from just jet lag and, you know, uh, being on planes and being, uh, you know, getting, getting four hours of sleep after like the longest shoot day, um, in a, a year or something like that. And then just sort of doing that every single day, it takes, a lot more physically than I ever had uh, any any concept of in terms of like thinking about photography as a, a physical job. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think about it a lot in terms of like recovery because it's it's real. Like <laughs> it's it is it's it feels very physical and very real in that way. Do you need do you need to train your muscles as a photographer as well? Do you know what I mean? I mean, most of the people yeah. like people, Tom, for example, we talked yeah. about him last time and you mm -hmm. assisted him and he's photographing all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think he never leaves without a camera. Is that something that you do or are you just trying to focus on certain projects or certain jobs and then leave the camera out or is there something um, you do? Hmm. I, I'm not really um, the type of photographer to to bring a camera around with me as mo and that's mostly well that's mostly because like I said I don't really shoot in New York I just am not as visually interested in in what's around me at home and I actually uh, I I'm kind of thankful for that otherwise I think I'd be sort of mentally visually exhausted um, but I do. I, I I use my phone all the time and I think I I'm kind of always. Um, thinking about images because that's just you know image like I make Im images for a living and for pleasure because that's what I love to do but so I shoot a lot with my iPhone kind of just uh, if I see something interesting but I, I'm not the type of person to carry a camera around with me I think that's also a lot of pressure it makes me feel pressure to make things and I don't I don't think I always have the 
the mental or visual bandwidth to make be making things all the time. I sometimes I I wish I did. You know, someone like Tom, he's doing that all the time. And I think it's also he feels uh, com- compelled to um because he loves photography and and you know, some people are some people are that way. They they're they have to make and, and and that it's something that like they live and breathe photography and and that I think is a, a really wonderful thing too. Um but I think it just has sort of different outlets for uh outlets for me and and I, so I don't really carry a camera around but I am kind of always thinking about images. Um yeah, but I I just also physically it's just like I don't Cameras are so heavy. I don't want to carry. I don't like that's another thing is I just don't want to carry anything anymore. I'm always yeah, carrying yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel you. Yeah. But it's interesting because um, are you caring a lot about uh, posting regularly on Instagram? Are you caring a lot about this outlet to show that you're around? Or how do you show clients that you are actually around and working? Um, I, I've actually kind of fallen into a... Um, a dry period of kind of forgetting to do that, but it is something that I, I uh, am usually doing quite a lot just to, just to sort of remind people that I'm around. I think that Instagram is a really, really convenient and passive, pretty passive way to just sort of remind people that, that you exist and, and that you're around and that you're taking pictures. Um, so I do think it's super important. I've been really bad about it lately, but yeah, absolutely. Like I think, that uh it's a it's an amazing thing that uh instagram is free and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. specifically sort of. Sort ta- yeah, of. well yes <laughs> it's 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 theoretically free and yeah. uh is you know the the sole the sole purpose of it is to 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 share photos and as a photographer um as something um it's a social network social media that is based around photography. So as a photographer, it's, you know, considering that everyone is on Instagram, it is really helpful just in terms of work in a way that it's, it's not helpful just to everyday people. But you know what I, what I figured out while I'm deleting, I mean, I have my Instagram account, but I don't feel like because I, I deleted it off my phone because I, I can't stand the stories anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I really had the idea that because I'm getting jobs, you know, so it's working. So without posting yeah. regularly, it's more like a, for me, it's more like a portfolio. So I treat it like that. Mm-hmm. So I post probably yeah. like every, every two weeks. So, um, and I, I'm, I really, I, I, I do this on this podcast all the time, talk about Instagram because it's, it's, I'm really thinking a lot about that. But do you really think it's, uh, it's important to have this, to be in that grind, you know, in that every day and showing off in the, in the story section? Is it, uh, you know what I mean? Is it, is yeah. it still natural or? I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary. I think it can be help, helpful because like in the, in the way you know, that I said before that it's a really passive way to just sort of get back in, into people's heads. But no, I don't think it's, I, I think that it's, it's an, it's helpful, but I think also if it becomes toxic, it it's, you know, that's not helpful. So I think, I think it just sort of depends on, on your, on your current mood and vibe, you know, and next week I could, I could, you know, possibly quite, quite possibly delete it off of my phone. Uh, right now I'm fine with it, but you know, I think, I think it just, I think it's absolutely not, um, necessary and that i think that it helps different people in different ways but um yeah i i go through phases too (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's it's really quite an important topic that I talk a lot with people right yeah. now. Um, do you pre-plan your shoots a lot before? That's what I wanted to ask you. Oh, I mean, um, um, yeah, it, it's interesting because your your composition is quite you know it's quite strict most of the times, and your lighting is pre-planned. At least it feels to me. So, do you do you do a lot of sketching or pre-planning, or is it coming natural? Almost, I would say never. I would I was gonna say almost never, but I'm gonna actually say never uh i i for me personally i am most uh i'm most excited as sort of about spontaneity and obviously you can't all you know spontaneity is a is a, a gift on a shoot you don't always get that um but i have found this is why i was never good with a four by five camera it's kind of the same concept um for me i loved uh, you know, running around with a rangefinder or, you know, shooting, shooting up to medium format. But then the second that the camera goes on a tripod, uh, all of the creativity is gone for me. The second I have to, you know, mess with a bunch of knobs and the, you know, tilt, swing, all that sort of stuff with a, like a four by five camera and placing the film holder and pulling the dark slide out, that sort of that's sort of uh, a good example for uh, how how I shoot. The second something becomes this sort of a slower process, or it's or there are more steps involved, um, all the creativity or you know some anything that re that is required to make an interesting picture sort of goes right out the window. And that's the same for me in terms of um, uh, obviously it's sort of important to come with a general idea of what you want to do and maybe a couple of ideas of how you might like to light something. But for me, uh, if I sort of overthink in the beginning, it's, I just make boring pictures and I actually, I would love to be able to do that. I know, I know plenty of people who do a lot of thinking ahead of time and a lot of pre-planning and come with, with a whole bunch of ideas of what they'd like to do. And I, I wish I could do that, but the second I do, it's just becomes incredibly boring. So I don't really, I, a lot of it just happens sort of as it happens. Yeah, but it's sunk into advertising all this authentic in, oh. in uh, caps now, authentic images that are, I mean, it's all small, small crews. And how do you, do you work in small groups as well, right? Yeah, I prefer to, to work in, in, in small and in small groups of people, if at all possible. And I've been very lucky so far to have been, uh, mostly asked onto projects where, uh, either a small crew is a necessity or the client has, has the foresight to realize that a small crew is probably best for like the, the quote vibe. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't love, um, huge sets where there are a million different people around. And that's just, that's just me personally. Um, I, I sort of, I'm also in how I shoot in the same way, like I was describing how I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly, uh, the best four by five or tripod photography is I like to, um, run around. I'm very, I'm very, very, very mobile in pretty much almost every setting that I, um, that I'm, shooting whether that's per, you know sort of my own per, projects personally or or um or commissions i love to be mobile and the more mobile i can be the better and that means just fewer people around so if i have a say in it it's always a small crew 
It's perfect. Yeah, you're coming. You you're doing a lot of sports photography now. So let's let's come to this topic. And um, uh, it, it's a quite male dominated uh, scene, I would say. And how did you start out to to grow an interest in in sports photography? It is very male dominated, and uh, the way that I sort of came to that is, like I said, I was also I was very involved in sports growing up. I was playing sports, watching sports. It's always been a really big part of my life. And then. Uh, in 2016, I uh, pitched a project, um, basically, to I, I pitched it around to people who I thought might pick it up and, and Vice picked it up, is uh, a story, um, a project called uh, Set Peace, where I traveled around the United States to uh, different teams within the women's, uh, the National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL, a lot of um you know, some of these uh, players who play in this league also play on the women's uh, U.S. women's national team, um, which is the we're currently the number one women's team in the world. Uh, and so I, I pitched that project mostly because I wanted to uh, shoot sports. So I thought, well, OK, I'm going to have to have some examples to to show people that I can do that. But also just because um, I have followed that team for a really long time and um, I sort of wanted to to shine a light on on some some of the people who I know to be some of the best athletes in the world, but weren't really getting a lot of um, airtime around the world. Um, so that is, that is, that's a personal sort of interest in mine uh, that I turned into a project. And then eventually that sort of started to lead to other things, um, which was my intention. Mm, mm, mm. So you, you're approaching sports more from a more from a portrait perspective, I would say, right? It's a, it's a combination. What I was really interested in, doing in that project was uh highlighting some of the actual individual people there are people who um players who work three jobs uh despite being professional soccer players and then there are the others who uh you know have nike sponsorships and all these you know different deals because they play on the national team at a higher level so there's like a huge disparity and you know talking about uh vast, vast wage disparity in men and women's soccer um, and, and sport in general. Um, but, you know, then on top of it, I was, I was trying to kind of create this more all-encompassing project where you saw players on the field, off the field, in terms of portraits, but also um, uh, playing around with, you know, shooting. There's some still life element, even though I'm definitely not a still life photographer, just sort of shoot, shooting sort of all these details that kind of tie the story together. I think those are kind of my favorite types of projects to shoot where I have some time with a subject. Um, uh, whether, you know, that's a commission where I get, you know, a magazine sends me to shoot something for three days as opposed to, you know, a one-off portrait where I get 15 minutes with a person and that's it. Um, obviously a photographer loves to have more time, but I love like lots of time where I get to like really sit with a subject or idea and shoot it from all different kinds of um perspectives figuratively literally um and and just sort of get get an all-encompassing idea of a particular subject mm. did you did you approach this project uh with the women's soccer team uh out of out of an idea of empowerment of of, of women in sports was it was mostly, it a part yeah i would say mostly just visibility i mean i think that th that a lot of people um don't see women in sport depicted in the same way that men are. I think that that is a, um, it's a huge problem in my opinion, uh, because a lot of times 
women are depicted in a way that's sort of like, uh, or, you know, there's a, this approach to women's fitness in terms of like wellness and self-care and all this like really delicate approach, you know, approach to sport and the way that like men are, are not portrayed. And that always was super problematic to me. And so I was mostly interested in uh, shooting women in sport in the exact same way that you might approach men, you know, sweaty, um, with all kinds of, you know, turf, turf burns all the way up their legs. Um, you know, they're like, they'll sort of less, um, quint, you know, quintessentially glamorous in terms of like femininity. Uh, I wanted no, no part of that. Um, so that, that is another, that was another goal that I had in, in setting out to do that. It, it is funny because a friend of mine who is of color and a woman, and she's like, she's always, she's a model and she's always getting jobs where she's depicted in this, uh, black girl doing fitness manner, you know, like mm -hmm. always, she's always just getting these kind of jobs and she's so annoyed by it. And of course, yeah. That's, yeah. There's a real seems problem to be, yeah. in terms of, in terms of how people, um, you know, percep perception is shaped by how we image people. So if we can sort of start to change how we image people and sort of um, stop imaging people in terms of uh, what is acceptable uh, gender-wise, um, I think that advertising is going to get a lot better, <laughs> in my opinion. That's like that. It's, it's, a, it's something that I think, um, I think will come with time, but someone's got to do it. And I'm not saying that I, I, you know, I'm doing it because, you know, I'm for the for the greater good. But I do also, I'm ju I'm just personally more interested in that. I I have I have really no interest in that sort of like, uh, you know, quint stereotypically feminine approach to athletics because that's not what athletes look like. Athletes don't, you know, female athletes uh, sweat too, and we can see it's fine to yeah, see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, Nike picked it up as well, and you shot a few few projects for them as well. So they took over your uh, approach to 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 athletics, I think. Or how was it? How was the process? Yeah, um, I eventually i I started to get more and more work that fell into a sport category, and then I eventually was hired a couple of times by Nike. But um, last, I would see last summer. I photographed uh, a Nike running part of a Nike running campaign uh, that was very, uh, very rooted in that same kind of uh, set of visuals and and uh, looks that that the soccer work had. It was um, some. It was it was both men and women um, running, but but it was all sort of about like you know, sweat and hard work and, you know, there was blood and it's fine. You know, that's athletics, that's sport. And so that, that was really nice that, that, you know, when, once it, uh, entered the world of editorial photography and then eventually commercial that, you know, there wasn't this compromise when it came to photographing female athletes in, in addition to male athletes in the same way. Was it a story in Africa? Uh, Actually, the, so no. this one was shot in New York. It was um, it was a Nike okay. running um, uh, shoot in New York, and then uh, I went to Kenya for the second time this uh, this February to shoot Elliot Kipchoge uh, for uh, for Nike. 
Okay, okay. How and and it just proceeded from there. So they they was it was did they ask you specifically to shoot it that way, or was it the no. briefing as well? Um, the, a lot of the f the photographs that I um that were the inspiration, I guess, for the shoot were my own uh, photographs from my soccer project and or previous Nike running or the project editorial projects the, from the first time I went to Kenya. So all of the, um, all of the sample imagery and the art direction was, it was just like sort of shoot it, shoot it the way that you shoot sports. So that that's, that's always a really nice brief to get is when it's all your own photos. Um, so yeah, so that's, yeah, that was sort of the, the, just, pr just keep doing what you're doing kind of thing, which is a dream. Which is obviously yeah, yeah, a dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. That's really yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you you told before in an interview that uh, as a woman on set, it's sometimes like that you get mistaken for the stylist or something. Uh, and um, tell me a bit more about that. I mean, especially in sports, where it's all I, I think everybody involved in sports is uh, is has some sort of cliches and uh, is in this loop. So how do you break out of it? Yeah, uh, it's true. It happens to a lot of my friends as well, who are also women taking photos. Um, many, many, many times showing up on set when someone just assumes that I'm hair and makeup or a stylist assistant or something like that. Um, that I hope is changing over time. But yeah, so that is, I mean, there's this perception that, um, you know, my male or my male assistant, um, a lot of times, um, I have a lot, a lot of assistants. I mostly hire um, women, uh, but you know there have been many times when I've shown up and my male assistant uh, is mistaken for the photographer. Um, it's really unfortunate. Yes, it's happened many, many times, and it happens to all of my female friends um, who are also photographers. But uh, that is one thing. the The part, you know, the part that you mentioned about being a woman and shooting sports and not just shooting you know, women's, you know, this idea of like women's like wellness and, and st strictly yoga and things like that. Um, I am very thankful to have not fa fallen into a category. I think mostly because my work really, really, really doesn't look like that. I, it would be kind of silly to hire me for something like that because that's really, really not what I do. Um, and, uh, but on top of that, I, I have heard actually from a lot of um, people who I've had meetings with or art directors that, um, you know, they'll say to me, it's so nice to, to meet a woman who, who also shoots sport and who hasn't been pigeonholed in, in, uh, into shooting that sort of like, you know, um, stereotypically feminine sport, um, whatever feminine means in that, in that, um, in that context but it is changing and i know that there are there are others but but that but not very many i mean that's the thing that i that i hear a lot is that um it would be nice to be able to hire a woman and not and not have to shoot it in this uh in this way mm. what do you think about about the consistency part of your own work like your body of work and you you told me in this other interview we did which which is lost unfortunately <laughs> the lost the lost <laughs> tapes <laughs> <laughs> the lost tapes, yeah, the lost recordings. Um, we talked about, um, yeah, finding your own voice and uh, doing shit jobs, but don't we, we don't show them or something? How do, how do you approach that? So, 
you have one set of art direction for yourself, for your body of work, or how do you approach that? Over time, I just sort of found a way that I liked to do things. And um, in, in our past conversation, I mentioned that I, um, I would, when I was first starting to shoot, I would often just sort of, to say that I was winging it is not giving myself enough credit, but I would kind of approach each shoot just being like, oh God, what do I do? Because I, you know, I just didn't have enough experience yet. And I think with experience and with doing things a bunch of time, you eventually uh, fall into, you know, things just sort of fall into place for you, whether that's uh, in your process or uh, also the, t the team that you work with. That's also important. Um, but also uh, just visually, I eventually learned over time without really even being conscious of it, uh, what I'm interested in and how I like to do things and what kind of lighting I like for certain situations or how I like to experiment and you know how, what I like to do when I realize that something's not working. And I think that over time, uh, those things became clearer and, and sharper and I didn't necessarily realize it at the time, but people would tell me that they'd you know, see a photo of, of mine in a magazine or on Instagram and they knew it was mine before they looked at the photo credit. And that really surprised me when I first started to hear that because I didn't know what, what I was, you know, what my quote style was or, or what my, what, how distinctive my work might be. Um, but it was really nice when that started to happen because I thought, oh, okay, so this, this is, there is something consistent to what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not like a scrambling anymore. I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm interested in doing. Um, but it just happens so slowly. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, many types of photographers and many different types of photographers and some, for some people it's pre-planned somehow. So they make a plan and go straight ahead. And you told me before, uh, you told me that, um, that your teachers at university, they try to force you into, into like finding your style and, Uh, personally, I think that that finding your style has a lot to do with confidence and mm -hmm. a lot with time and and development. So, was it the same for you? Absolutely, I think that's so true. I think that it's like you know, I think it's just about experience, and experience brings confidence. Um, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that once you become more confident. Uh, in even just the technical things, um, you know, more confident in, uh, you know, entering a situation and being, okay, great. I know how I want to light it. Let's just do it. Let's set it up. You know, even if I'm by myself uh, without an assistant, it's just sort of like, you know, things click and it's, it's less of a process like, oh God, what am I going to do? I think even confidence just in uh, knowing what to do technically just sort of bolsters you in terms of moving forward with your, whatever your particular style is, whether you had an idea of what you wanted to do or if it comes naturally for me, it came a little bit more naturally. And in the same way that I don't like to put a, um, a camera on a tripod and really um, comb over things in, in, in an overly methodical way. It's the same uh, in terms of what, what I like to take pictures of. I, I'm not good with, uh, setting out to accomplish a certain uh, project or work within 
uh, narrow perimeters of what of the idea of what a project is at school. I could not, I could not nail myself down to a particular um, idea or subject. I just had to shoot constantly and then put everything together and see what was there. And then when I did that, I would sort of say, oh, well, okay, I'm clearly interested in this. I clearly keep revisiting this type of thing. Um, but for me, it was always photography was a little bit more intuitive than setting out to do a, a particular project. And another thing that we talked about on our on our last call was this idea that photographers are expected to work within projects, uh, which is so not fair. Like, you know, sculptors and painters aren't necessarily asked to, you know, start a, a, um, a painting project or start a sculpture project. That's a crazy idea to, to you know, can, you know, conceptually people aren't you know people who are sculptors and painters are not asked to do that in the same way that photographers are asked to embark on a project and so i always rejected that it never really made a whole a sense to me yeah are you digging a lot in your archives and trying to resequence stuff is it is it something you enjoy uh i I'm always sort of sorting through my archive just to see if there are things that I missed or, um, you know, a lot of times for, you know, editorial work, it's like quick turnarounds and you've got to get a whole bunch of images to somebody and then they pick them and then it's done. Uh, but in a lot of that, sometimes there are things that are missed that maybe weren't right for the, you know, for the actual story, but are right for you in terms of photos. I like to do that anyway. I'm always kind of looking through um, my, my archive to see, to see what I missed. But, uh, that's also, <laughs> that also happens when I don't, when I don't have anything that I can share yet, uh, a whole bunch of projects and things like that, that I'm not allowed to share for however many months. Then I start digging through the archives from, uh, you know, it's uh, Instagram anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <The Instagram laughs> that's when, that's when, that's when it's, an, that's when I'm in a bad way. Of like exactly and yeah 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 not 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 <laughs> being able to show something on time yes exactly yeah interesting yeah it, it's quite I mean is it for is it for you a source of relaxation actually to to edit or is it stressful? No, I li I like I mean I'm a photographer because I like looking at pictures and I mm -hmm. uh, I like looking at other people's pictures and are oh, you do obviously yeah. I yeah I like looking what at other people's you? pictures. Um, uh, you know, I. I'm really inspired by a lot of a lot of my friends. Every now and then, you know, I'll go to my my friends' uh, websites or you know just just see see what others are up to. I try I try not to just look at pictures on Instagram, although that is how I that is how I how I see a lot of images. That's just the nature of Instagram, but. Um, Every now and then, you know, if I don't have a ton of thing, you know, a ton of things to do at my studio, I'll I'll just go, you know, go look at a, a friend's website or a photographer who's you know website I like or or, uh, or something like that, just to sort of um, reset. Sometimes I like to do that if I don't have a lot to do, um, just because yeah, I like I mean, pictures and I like I look at my own pictures too. Can you tell some names of people that are inspiring you right now? Is I know it's a difficult. Difficult oh. question, um, but is there somebody out there that's yeah. really inspiring um, you? That's a good question. I don't. E I don't even know if I can answer that question without like starting to look around. I, I don't even. I even think that there are particular um, people necessarily at any uh, given time who I'm whose work I'm 
like really into. I think for the most part, it's just, uh, you know, that's honestly, uh, I hate saying this, but it's so much of what I see is, is on Instagram. And then if, if something is interesting to me, I'll, I'll, you know, try to seek it out on a, on a larger screen. Unfortunately, everything I do look at is pretty much on a screen. Uh, on um, a tiny screen. Uh, yeah, on a tiny on a tiny screen or a slightly larger screen as in my computer. But um Yeah, I wish I could I could probably get back to you. I just don't I I'm it's most most of it is just that I I see different things. You know, I don't always like every everything I see from a particular photographer, which is only natural. Um I don't always like everything I see from myself. Um but uh, that is the nice, the, the, one of the things that I do like to do is I'll, I'll just sort of, um, see something on Instagram and it'll get me excited about a particular photographer and then I'll go look at their website and, and just get excited. I like getting excited about other people's work. That's good. That's really good. Let's talk about the social aspects. We did this before as well. Um, we talked about all this sharing culture and this helping each other out and, you know, all this positivity in our, uh, in our network and, um, how do you approach that are you um are yeah you <laughs> i i think that uh this has become more and more important to me as i've gotten older and actually as i've gotten more secure in my career i feel more of an urge to help other people who may need help and a lot of i i don't what i mean by that is that every now and then people will email me and and ask you know, for advice on, you know, getting started uh, shooting editorial work or how to reach out to photo editors or oh, yeah. how to Are people actually asking you? Yeah, yeah okay. it happens wow. quite a lot, um, mm -hmm. almost every week. And for what I, what I place a big emphasis on is, is helping other women. I mean, we've just, we've been talking about how uh, the industry is really male dominated in a lot of different, from a lot of different angles, you know, not just from being a photographer, but to being an, being a female assistant on set, it's really rare. For some reason, there are a lot of people out there who don't think that women can make great assistants. And I actually want to argue that women can make the best assistants because we tend to work our asses off. Uh, we, we tend to work a little bit harder because of that perception. Um, the best assistants um, and uh, best digital techs, uh, best, best uh, PAs, that I've worked with, most of them are women because they're, because that, because of that perception, they, they work harder because a lot of people don't think that they're um, going to be as capable as male assistants or, or, you know, uh, any other roles on set. Um, but I, I focus on, I don't, I'm not able to, 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 you know, assist everyone who, who asks, who asks me for advice, but I do answer the emails of any woman who emails me um, and whether that's, you know, hopping on the phone for, you know, 10 or 20 minutes or having uh, someone over to my studio on a slower day, something like that. Uh, that is something that has become much more important to me over the years uh, because I'm, I'm not in a role where I need others help in that way anymore, but I am, in, I am in a position where I can help others or offer advice or, uh, you know, look through a portfolio or something like that. And I, yeah, I take yeah. that really seriously now. 
How's your how's your with your girlfriend who's also a photographer? How's your how's your discussions going? Is are you talking a lot about photography, or is it so different practices that you that it doesn't matter in your daily life? Or no, we we do. I mean, just naturally, we both we both went to art school. We met in art school. Um, so the the school that we went to was very 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 rooted in fine art. So we each have a strong foundation in fine art so we we actually talk about art a lot um art and photography but just we're both art history minors so that's something that we're both interested in art she actually went a way more fine art uh route than i did uh so we're still actually very both of us are sort of rooted in that uh, culture of fine art uh, within new york and and you know openings things like that but uh it is really really helpful at home when we can we can look at each other's work and you know um one of the things that you lose when you leave school especially if you went to art school or something like that is uh people looking at your work you know now you have to ask people to look at your work whereas before it was a requirement you had to you had to talk about it at school but it's such a such a luxury um to have anyone look at your work Uh, and it's a real luxury to have someone in your home. And I'm sure that you, that you feel this way too. I don't know, um, if you guys are always sort of talking about it, but we always, we're always talking about, uh, we each share, other's work uh, we and... share an office space. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, we wow. You're all, you, well, you also yeah, do yeah, that yeah. too. That's, yeah, is exactly. that, is that, is that something that's helpful to you? It, that's that's uh, yeah super helpful. I can tell you. No, it's actually we get along so well uh, that we that we can talk for ages about photography and all the perks. And you know, like sh she's obviously a female photographer too, and mm -hmm. we're talking about this these issues as well. So it's so it opened my eyes as well. You know, I didn't get the oh, issue that's before. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the reason why we why I'm so interested in talking yeah. about that because it affects our relationship as well. You oh, know? Of course. Um, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. It's so nice to have someone around to look at your work and, and also I someone who knows your work so well. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, for both of us, we, ha we have people who can take a look at our work and have this whole history behind it of, of how it's evolved and how it, how it compares to, to what you've been doing previously. It's, it's really, it's really a wonderful thing. Mm. But there's no there's no ritual involved like like um, going out to, to see every show and you, you know what I mean you know it's, yeah. it's just natural it's just yeah. a natural yeah way we of don't have to we don't have to make plans to do it it's not like oh let's yeah. meet up and talk you know uh, she also goes to a a crit group um, like a more sort of fine art crit group where she has her her friends who um, and peers who talk talk about work but you know we don't have to oh, make a plan it's yeah, yeah it, it's literally just like hey i'm working on this can you come over and have a look at it <laughs> which is that's really, great really it's, it's like facebook in real life that's it's amazing, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing yeah we should have that we should have that yeah i told you about the meetups we we have which is yeah. always nice and yeah build to build networks that's just yeah. what we what we do and um when we were talking with jake it's the same and you you know him right like yes. personally yeah 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 And you you told before that he's so so um, you know generous with his with his sharing of knowledge and stuff like that. I think it's really helping a lot. Yeah, and I think uh, that it really comes. Uh, I think it's just sort of about uh, a couple of things. I think it's about maturity, <laughs> and I think it's also about um, 
uh, just not being necessarily as insecure as, um, you know, it was, it's, there's a certain time when you're starting out that you, that you feel very insecure in your, in, in what you're doing and the fact that so many other people are trying to do it. And eventually I think, um, once you have a little bit more security in yourself and what you're doing and um, what sort of sets you apart, apart from other people. And then also as you just become like just slightly more mature as a person, you, you really start to realize that uh, we are all better, you know, on the same team. It's not a competition. It's not life or death. It's, it's actually infinitely more helpful to want each other to succeed. And we got cut off here and it was actually a good ending point for a sentence. Uh, and we resumed the call after a short while, which is coming now. Uh, so before we got cut off, we talked about uh, having networks and sharing knowledge. And uh, maybe we can finish that just in a, in a few quick sentences. <laughs> yeah, sure. So... Um, um, sharing knowledge as a matter of um, empowering people to become a better person. Yeah, as as I have become more and more secure in in my career and what I'm doing personally, I feel like there's no there's no reason to keep information from one another. We can only uh, you know it, it it makes you feel good as a person, but also you know. Paying, paying forward what may have been offered to you in terms of advice or kindness or time uh, is really important. There, there are people who have uh, spent time with me and you know answered all of my many, many questions or even uh, offered something up uh, in, in a situation in which I didn't feel like I could ask. Um, I think that that is something that I have really, really benefited from and appreciated from other people and I as almost uh as an obligation I feel feel obligated to do that but but I also you know I want to but it, it feels like something uh that I should pay to other people as well yeah 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 that's a that's a good end point actually <laughs> that was actually the perfect a positive note Hey, uh, Kate, thank you very much. Um, of course. Who, one, one last, one simple last question. Who would like, who would you like to hear on this podcast? Uh, let's say, let's say in which direction do you want the topics to go? Do you think it's like, like all these personal things, uh, we should I stick love to that the personal stuff. I love the personal <laughs> stuff. I mean, in the same way that, you know, uh, you know, Jake spoke about, uh, like just sort of taking care of yourself and finding, you know, other interests outside of photography, um, to sort of keep you going so that all of, all of your mental health doesn't lie within whether or not you're getting jobs. I think that kind of stuff is really helpful to hear. Cause a lot of times, um, you know, you get really caught up in, in what's going on, uh, in your own, uh, career that sometimes you need to little step back and see what other people are, you know, what other people are up to and how other people are dealing with things like, rejection and uh dry dry periods where you know there's no work coming in in addition to uh you know what to do when you're so busy you don't know what to do with yourself like there really are such polar opposites in this line of work like you know it's kind of like when it rains it pours like sometimes you'll be working nonstop and then not at all and how to deal with those up and downs i think it's really 
uh, I think it's really helpful to hear about sort of the, the, you know, behind the curtain, uh, behind the Instagram curtain, how things are, how things are really playing out. Yeah. Yeah. Quick question. How do you handle that? <laughs> oh, I'm, learning, I'm learning to handle it. I used to deal, uh, deal with that stress very, very badly. I would uh, let it affect my mood and therefore I would really go in uh, sharp peaks and valleys in terms of emotions. Um, I just sort of eventually had to kind of teach myself not to get excited about things, you know, whether that's being up for a job that sounds really cool, you know, that five other people are also up for the same job. And, um, I don't allow myself to get excited about anything that I don't already have, uh, or that is not a hundred percent set in stone. And even if it seems set in stone, it's not always set in stone. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think it's something that also is, a, is an experience thing when you've been, uh, through those up and downs so many times you realize that you don't have the mental capacity or emotional capacity to deal with that anymore. So you just kind of have to force yourself to be kind of, um, uh, not emotionless, just okay with, okay with the bad and okay with the good and just sort of try to stay somewhere in the middle. Um, I think also, like I said before, the gym really helps with that. Everybody has their own thing that sort of, um, helps with that. Like Jake has cycling, um, for me, uh, going to the gym consistently, I don't know what 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 is I'm curious what is that for you? Uh it's reading actually. It's reading and taking time off. Yeah. Yeah, got into uh hey, I found it, I'm reading a lot of the Stoics right now, like ancient Greek uh philosophy, wow. which is super oh super interesting. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. <laughs> no, it, it, how did you come to that? Uh, it, it got a bit of a trend lately because like the Stoics, they're like super chill with everything <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, <laughs> it's a it's philosophy. Needed of, at the moment, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I actually discovered them when I was reading a lot of, uh, Alain de Botton, you know, this, this, um, uh -huh. nowadays uh, philosopher and he's right. He's really great. And I enjoy to enjoy his TED talks and you should, you should really go into that. And from yeah. there, you know, approaching life from a, from a perspective that everything is fine and that we are going to die anyway, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that is much yeah, exactly. for everyone yeah, yeah. in the world, regardless of if you're a photographer or not. I think that, I think we can all use a little bit more of that perspective. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so I think, I think same here. I think for me, it's, um, you know, I find, I find uh, a lot of comfort in in also uh, watching TV. Good, like uh, like not not in terms of not the kind of TV where I turn my brain off. That's helpful in its own way. But um, I'm I'm really inspired also by chefs. So I watch a lot of shows that are that sort of about about chefs and and how um, there's a lot of uh, failure when it comes to chefs that also helps helps me um like i watch um chef's table and then there's also this the new show um uh salt fat acid heat um which is kind of like chef's table but like about you know in a in a different kind of way but that kind of stuff gets me really excited not only because i love food but because i think that chefs are super super interesting in uh how they approach food you know food is subjective um, you know, in the same way that like photography is subjective. And so I, I really love watching things like that. Just not, not in terms of like just turning my brain off, but, uh, 
just to learn and see how other people deal with 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 extreme success and extreme failure. I think I think there's an interesting correlation there. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I think there is it's similar, like like brain wise or stress wise, maybe sometimes being a chef and being a photographer. I mean, we could elaborate that for for ages. I think <laughs> that's for another that's for another episode. <laughs> that's for another episode yeah. with you, and we're only talking about about eating and 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 food and chefs. That's that would actually, be actually that nice. Like my dream. Yeah, that's actually nice. Yeah, let me let me think about that. Yeah, that's okay, <laughs> down the road. I love the idea. Down the road. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Kate. Perfect. Hey, um, enjoy your day. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, with all the bumpy roads that we took <laughs> to get this done, we got through it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, talk to you next time and come okay. over when you're in Absolutely. Germany. When, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's done. And as Kate said, it's done. This episode is done and looking forward to record the next one. Hear you next time. Have a good day.